the Hill Country Patriot. He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. All right, folks, good morning. So happy to be here with you this morning on a nice, wet, cool uh, August day. Oh, my goodness, Gail, my wife Gail last night was looking through the weather, and she says, it's not going to get out of the 80s on Tuesday or, or Wednesday or Thursday. And then she finally got to Friday and said, and Friday it might get to 90 and uh, so I'm telling you what, we are living in some strange times without a doubt, but uh, I'm grateful for it because you and I know that the climate changes all the time, that we have cold winters in uh, the hill country and we have warm winters. You know, the first winter I moved here was the winter of, ooh, i got to think about this one. It was uh, January of 99. And uh, part of the reason I settled here was because I got here in January and I could wear shorts and there was a palm tree in front of my hotel. All right. I'm serious. That is absolutely a true story. It did help that uh, the next morning that I did uh, get essentially three job offers before noon the next morning. So that helped. But, see, I'd been living up in uh, Colorado up above 9,000 feet for about nine years. And uh, I'm just not a, I'm just not cut out. You know, Colorado, the high, they're a nice place to visit, and you wear your once-a-year jacket. If you're a Texan, you've got that one jacket that you wear once a year. Maybe you got to wear it in February this year. And uh, so you go to Colorado, and then you come back home. Well, I was up there for nine years, and uh, I just, uh, it's a story that takes a while to tell, but uh, I got fed up with it. It, it. The cold was like, this is it. I cannot do the cold anymore. And so that's how I ended up in Fredericksburg in January, and I had shorts on, and there was a palm tree in front of the hotel. I was staying in that hotel next to the Sunset Grill there in Fredericksburg, and um, I, can, I can never remember the name of it, but uh, that's where I was staying, and they got that big palm tree. I'm afraid that palm tree might have been killed in February. I drove by it yesterday, but uh, so, you know, so since I've been here, we've had winters where you, I, I think there was one winter that I wore long pants for like a total of five or six days, and that was it. And then we've had summers where in June it hit 173 degrees and didn't cool down until late August. Um, so, yeah, that's climate change. It happens all the time, and uh, it's a little different every year. It's cyclic. It's, uh, yes. So there you go. We're having a cool, wet summer, and I am so grateful for that. And uh, I can't tell you how many times about this time in the summer that my tank has been bone dry. And, boy, it is still overflowing. It's still to the tippy top right now. 
All right, enough of the enough of that junk. Let's get to the calendar. We have first of all September eighteenth. September eighteenth. It's not that far away. That is our big fundraiser, annual fundraiser for the Fredericksburg Tea Party. It's going to be a blast. You need to go get tickets. We're selling more tables. We're selling lots of tables and not as many individual tickets. So if you uh, can pitch in with uh, some of your friends, you can buy a table of eight uh, for the price of seven tickets, and that will uh, that, that that's a good way to do that. Um, and uh, if you're buying individual tickets, I would suggest you make sure you get you go ahead and get your individual tickets if you're buying just a pair. Um, but uh, because I think we're going to sell the place out by tables, so there you go. Uh, September eighteenth, uh, next Sunday in Pleasanton, another border invasion awareness rally. This one's going to be good. Jim Gibson's going to be there. Hoot Gibson. If you're a member of the Fredericksburg Tea Party and been around for a while, uh, Jim Gibson came and spoke to us several times. Uh, over the years, and so it'll be good to see uh, uh, Mr. Gibson again, and uh, all kinds of uh, great speakers lined up for that day next Sunday in Pleasanton. It starts at three o'clock. I'll get you more details during the week tomorrow. Oh man, we got a great guest tomorrow. I'm very excited about tomorrow's program. We're gonna have Jonathan Stickland on here tomorrow, and uh, he is gonna pull back the curtain on the what happens in a texas legislature he's going to pull back the curtain and there's a lot of folks that don't want you to see behind the curtain in fact maybe your representative or your senator doesn't want you to see what's happening behind the curtain so be sure you stay tuned in uh, tomorrow for the jonathan stickland interview that's going to be good Here's one about three weeks down the road on uh, August 21st. I got a text about this this morning. I will get you more details as we get closer. But Texans for Vaccine Choice, um, and that's a good bunch of people. They are uh, going to be Jacqueline Schlegel. Jackie Schlegel is the head of that, and I've gotten to know her really well over the past few years. Uh, just a straight-up, good, honest, hardworking person and she is uh, going to be having a texans for vaccine choice rally a freedom fight rally at the capitol i also understand there's going to be some speakers and uh, maybe some workshops um, i just kind of got a real out rough outline of it but go ahead and put that on your calendar for august 21st that's a saturday and uh, you can go up to the capitol I want to thank, by the way, just want to thank Tejas Smoke Depot for being a sponsor of this program. And also, one more thing here. By the way, we have uh, Pastor Greg coming up today at the bottom of the hour. Looking forward to that. We're, um, I'm, you know, we go down so many rabbit holes uh, last week uh, or two weeks ago. Whatever it was we discussed the night before, we didn't even hit it on Tuesday morning. So there's no telling where this is going to go, but we I think we're going to be talking about the law and talking about um, are you going to stand up? Are you going to push back against uh, future mask mandates, uh, COVID restrictions, and possibly even a forced vaccine by your government? And how are you going to do that and what's that going to look like? That may be what we talk about. It's just going to be a surprise to all of us, so you'll need to... 
stick around. By the way, my podcasts now, I'm doing a pretty good job of getting them up every day. So I get home from the studio about 1030 or so, and then I pull up uh, today's recording and I clean it up. I pull the weather and the news out of it and clean it up and post it. On we, It is now available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Anchor. So we're up on six different platforms right now. And uh, you can help spread the word. The more you go and listen to those or follow or, or, uh, and then set the notifications, the more likely people, other people are going to find out about that. So help me out with that. Got a little bit of uh, Ben Franklin. It's going to carry you into the second quarter. And uh, Ben Franklin is talking about law, which is what I'm going to talk about in the second quarter here. And uh, he says, um, oh, see, I just lost my, just lost my page. Here it is. Ben Franklin, he says, I think the system of morals and his religion, and he's talking about Jesus, I think the system of morals and his religion as he left them to us are the best the world ever saw or is likely to see. That from Benjamin Franklin. Folks, uh, y'all stay tuned. Uh, We're going to talk about law when we get back. All right, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Thank you for telling your friends about this and passing the word on that the uh, recordings of this program are going to be available by, hopefully, by noon every day. Spotify is the one I'm most familiar with, so I'm just going to say Spotify. I know a lot of people are uh, subscribed to that. So, law, what is law? Why do we have it? Where does it come from? How do we... How do we uh, enforce it? Why do we enforce it? What's the purpose of it? Boy, that's uh, not a. We're not going to get a bunch of that covered in the next eleven minutes and fifteen seconds, but we will get started on the basics of it. Um, if we go back to the beginning, to Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were uh, were created perfect. They had everything they needed. They had no shame. They had no. They they were perfect creatures. And uh, there was no, was there any law in the Garden of Eden? Why, yes, there was, wasn't there? There was a single law in the Garden of Eden, and it was a a prohibition law. And it said you can have anything you want here. Um, It's all for you, the animals, the plants, everything is for you, for your use. And uh, except for this one tree over here and the fruit of that tree you are forbidden to eat. And so now God didn't tell them that if you, if you know, well, did he, he did, I think he warned them ahead of time that if you eat that fruit, you will die. And so there was a prohibition with the, a prohibition with a death penalty attached to it. How long did that work? Well, we don't know in times of days or hours or or years, or what have you, at some point in the time, Adam and Eve were tempted, and uh, sure enough, with Adam's uh, support, Eve uh, took the bite and of the forbidden fruit, and uh, there we go. Everything changed after that for the rest of us. So we have laws. 
we have laws now because we are not perfect beings. If you had a a, a a planet with angels on it or a country of nothing but angels, and I am using that word in a spiritual manner, all right? Angels, true angels, not just nice people, but angels. They, they would not need laws because they would be perfect. And so you don't need laws in perfection. If you're in a state of perfection, laws... Are, there's no point to them. The first set of laws that we see coming out of the Bible are the Ten Commandments that uh, God said, we're going to put these in stone. And if you read down these laws, they are, uh, they're pretty clear. They are pretty clear. Some of them are positive laws. Some of them are negative laws, but they're pretty clear. Don't murder. Don't take your neighbor's wife or his ass and even if they're one and the same, but don't do it. Don't take your neighbor's stuff. And then then you go ahead into the book of uh, uh, Leviticus, where you have every possible law that you could possibly come up with. And the uh, Israelites, they, man, they, had, they had to jump through hoops to follow all those laws. And it was insane. All right. And then Christ comes along and says, we're replacing all of that. With one law, actually with a couple of laws, he said, love your neighbor as yourself and love the God, love your God above all others and treat your neighbor as you wish to be treated. Now, what a simple law. I mean, it, you don't want to be murdered, so you don't murder your neighbor. All right, all of these things sound good, don't they? What kind of law do we need after the death and resurrection of Christ, we—that's the only laws we need. I know you're—we're—we're we're going a little bit off here, aren't we? So, what about non-believers? What about people who don't have morals? You know, you've heard this over and over that the there were quotes from the early from the founders of our country that said the only way this government is going to survive is if there is a if if there a moral people and so the it is uh, very interesting that not that wasn't just said once but it was said numerous times in fact uh, jefferson talked about his uh, studying of all the different types of philosophers and ethics uh, and and essentially religions if we want to put it that way and he came up, he studied all of them, Pythagoras, Epicurus, Epicetus, Socrates, Cicero, Seneca, Antonius. And, and he goes through all of those and, and how important they were in establishing this idea of morality. And then he talks about Jesus and he says that, the, that his system of morality was the most benevolent and sublime probably that has ever been taught and consequently more perfect than those of any of the ancient philosophers. So our founders knew that the, this idea of liberty would not be successful, would could not be successful if our people were not moral. And then they even went further and said to, where do we get this definition of morality? And just straight down the list of presidents, even into modern presidents, uh, they, they, of folks who said that we, if we don't follow the teachings of the Bible, 
then we cannot be moral. That is the best one. And uh, even Theodore Roosevelt, old Teddy, says, I plead not merely for training of the mind, but for moral and spiritual training that have always been found and that have ever accompanied the study of the Bible. So our founders said we need law, and uh, God said we need law, and uh, then the founders said uh, we need law, but we need God's law. We need the law of Jesus, and uh, so that's where our, our, our country was founded. Well, look at where we are now almost 250 years later. We are no longer a moral people. What's happening to the law? Now, I'm going to kind of switch over, go down another rabbit hole um, about why we follow laws. Do you follow laws because you are afraid of getting caught and punished? Or do you follow laws because they are important? That, that, that Do we follow laws because you feel an obligation to play within the rules? And do you follow every law? If reading the Bible was against the law, would you follow that law? See how many rabbit holes we can go down here? I mean, the list is endless. Give you an example. In uh, Fredericksburg, traffic laws, they're the easiest ones to use. All right. I had a friend, uh, and you've heard this before. Oh, the uh, speed limit is 60, but they won't pull you over unless you're going 10 miles an hour or more over the um, speed limit. How many times have you heard that one, right? Um Friendship Lane. I'm going to give you this example for my uh, Fredericksburgians. And if you're visiting in Fredericksburg, don't speed down Friendship Lane. I'm telling you, it's 40 miles an hour down Friendship Lane, and there's long stretches of it that look completely empty and that there would be no reason for you to be driving 40 miles an hour. But let me tell you, I'm pretty sure the uh, city of Fredericksburg uh, uh, police budget is taken care of on Friendship Avenue. I don't like traffic tickets. I've had two traffic tickets in my entire life. Yes, you heard that right. I got one of them in on a motorcycle in, let me see, 80, um, in 87. I got a speeding ticket on a motorcycle in 1987. And then in the year, if you'll remember, the year that the speed limit went f back from 55 up to 70. I believe that was 94. Uh, it was 94 because I had a brand-new Dodge truck, a 1994 brand-new Dodge truck. And I was driving across that little corner of New Mexico going from Colorado to Texas. You know that stretch I'm talking about. There's 90 miles without a gas station. You end up in uh, Dalhart um, and or is it Texaco or Texline? I can't remember. And it uh, takes you up uh, almost to the Colorado border. I, I tell you what, nearly every one of us has driven down that road. Do you remember driving down that road at 55? Oh, that was an eternal stretch of road. And uh, so, yeah. About a month before the speed limit went up to 70, I was uh, doing 77 in a 55 in New Mexico, going across that stretch of road in my brand-new Dodge pickup truck, thinking, this is awesome. I bet this thing would go 120 if I, well, it didn't get up that high. I got pulled over, 
And the guy pulled me over, and yes, he wrote me a ticket, and yes, I sent the money into New Mexico. And uh, so the, 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 the story of that is I'm law-abiding when it comes behind the wheel, probably annoyingly so. All right? So I know don't speed down Friendship Lane. And I do it for two reasons. I do it because it's the right thing to do. We don't need to be all zigging and zagging in and out of each other and flying down that road. But at the same time, I also don't want to get a ticket. And I know on that road you're going to get a ticket. Now, let's go up to Highway. Let's go up to Highway Road in Fredericksburg. That little stretch between Whataburger that goes by in front of the stock, uh, in front of the auction barn there, and... Uh, then heads on down and uh, ends up at the high school. That little stretch of road, by the way, if you've ever noticed it, it has a 30-mile-an-hour speed limit on it. I'm not too sure if I've ever seen anybody going 30 miles an hour down that road. In fact, I don't pay much attention to my speedometer when I'm going down that stretch of road because I know in the 21 years I've lived here that I think I may have seen a police officer on that road once. All right. So do we obey the law because we don't, we're afraid to get caught and punished, or do we obey the law because we're good people? And which laws do we obey? Listen, this is this rabbit hole gets so deep, and uh, so if the government comes out and br brings you a law that you don't agree with, where, where do you stand on that? What do you do? What are, ethically? Ethically? Do you follow the law? Do you stand up against the law? Is it more than just don't agree with it? Maybe you think the law, what if the law goes against God's law? That one's pretty easy, isn't it? That one's pretty easy. Um, but where do we stand on these other laws? And then let's just throw the Constitution and the whole idea of behind uh, the, the founding of this country, that we are liberty-minded, that this is a country of self-governance, what do we do with laws that overreach, reach over that concept of self-governance? How are you going to behave during that period of time? See, I've asked more questions than made comments during this. These are all things we need to think about because I think we're headed in that direction. That um, I think we're going to have some laws and coming up uh, here in the near future that um, going to force us to make a choice. And what is your choice going to be? Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back with Pastor Greg. Thanks so much for being here. I do know you have a choice somewhere you can listen each and every day, and I thank you for keeping it tuned here. Well, very excited, as we do each and every Tuesday, to welcome to the program the Hill Country Patriot Radio and uh, Matt Long Show. And my good friend, Matt Long, the host. Matt, welcome. Good to have you, sir. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be here. I enjoy our Tuesday mornings, Pastor Greg. Well, I enjoy those, but I, uh, as, as we do, I enjoy our, our, our Monday night phone calls, uh, which are uh, kind of the, the, the warm-up, if you will, to what we do here. That's right. Uh, so uh, we're, we're dealing with, and, I, and I'll share this, I had to go into my uh, doctor's office. I had a... Uh, actually was off air a couple of days last week because I had pulled a muscle in my groin and my lower abdomen. Uh, really excited. I've, I've, I've lost uh, almost 60 pounds. Uh, I, I think I'm just under uh, 400 pounds this morning for the first time since the, uh, since the accident and, and all the, you know, damage that it did and so on. Uh, but, um, I got up 
too quickly. And uh, anyway, went into the doctor, and it was a different doctor. Hadn't seen him ever before. And the first thing he says to me when he sits down, Matt, mm. have you had your vaccine? Mm. Well, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, well, then you're, you need to wear your mask. Mm. Well, did, I, I asked him, well, did you have your vaccine? Well, yeah. And I was like, well, maybe you need to wear your mask. <laughs> you know, I don't understand if you if you've had a vaccine, you know, I mean, if you've had a, a flu shot. Right. Right. Uh, you know, you, you supposedly. Right. We were told now you've got your flu shot. You're immune. You, you're not going to get the flu. That's right. Uh, you know, uh, if you had your polio shot, you're not going to get polio. Uh, if you had your mumps shot, you're not going to get mumps. That's right. Uh, but but not but not with this. No, no, no. With this vaccine, you still get it. And if you're around somebody that might have it or somebody that you don't even know that you don't know if they do or don't have it, you still need to be protected. Why did you take that shot in the arm? That's what I don't get, Matt. Right, right. And it, it, it is it is confusing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I just think... Uh, Rushing in uh, to be the first in line on that shot was uh, not not my intention. Um, and uh, I, at the beginning, I was like, "All right, let's give it to the old people first. Let's give it to the to those that are most vulnerable." And then, and because we were all operating under the assumption that it was going to actually keep you from getting sick. Now that is, we have found out that is not true. So, Pastor Greg, what do we do the next time? What if they say, "Oh"? Wait a minute. We've got this new shot, and it's going to cover everything. We we promise. Cross our hearts. It's it's going to take care of everything. You know, every time they make an announcement, it is the science, right? But it's the science of that day. All right, it is the science of that day, and and so they're going to come up with another one. They're going to say, "Hey, it's the science. You got to follow the science." At some point, when do we look back as a society and say, you were wrong this time, you were wrong that time, you were wrong the third time, you were wrong the fourth time? Why should we believe you now, and how do we react to that? Because that's only human nature to not trust someone who has been, whether on purpose or, or out of ignorance, but someone who has misled you with information over and over, how much do you trust them beyond that? And then what are you going to do about it? Well, you know, I'm looking now. The, the open VARES is back up again. I, I, it, it's interesting to me. They, they show 11,940 deaths. That's, okay. Those are individuals that have reported that they've died because that they've actually accepted a report that these individuals died because of the vaccine. 40,991 hospitalizations, 65,067 urgent cares, 88,920 office visits. Mm -hmm. 3,714 people have developed Bell's palsy. Okay. 4,110 have had an anaphylaxis reaction. That, that means allergic. Maybe they might not understand. Yeah. Well, and, and it's beyond that. Yeah. It's not just an allergic reaction. It's it's actually an emergency allergic reaction. An okay. anaphylaxis type of, of event means uh, difficulty breathing, uh, swelling, you know, heart. I mean, it's a mess. I, I, have the, I have those to codeine. 
Right. And 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 I and I have to take an EpiPen uh, in in order to come back from that. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, if I get if that bee stings, you know, the, anyway. Uh, those are, you know, bee stings are another thing that, that can cause a person an anaphylaxis. 518,769 reports of adverse events. And that's just what's been reported. And according to a Harvard study, Matt, that represents 1%. Hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, here's the, the crazy thing. Uh, Michael Berry did this a couple of weeks ago, and he did it as a comedy routine, but it was very serious. He said, what if you saw, you know, we see all these ads on <clears throat> TV and on the radio about uh, different drugs, uh, prescription drugs, and, you, and you'll see them in the magazines, and there'll be one page for the, the, the ad for the drug, and then it'll be followed by two pages of caveats. Those are all things they have to report. Um, on your TV commercials that run for so long. And the reason is is because they say if you develop mild, if you don't take this, if you're allergic to it, and in some people it does this and in other people it does that, and it goes through all these lists of warnings. And what if we had a vaccine, a COVID vaccine uh, ad that listed all of those things in there? You know, folks, that's what we're missing. We're missing that. I had Bell's palsy once in the spring, woke up with it. It was a, a very bizarre. Um, I also had Guillain-Barre syndrome that uh, rose all the way up to about mid-chest uh, before it receded. Listen, those are two probable side effects of some of the, of the things. I've had both of those. There's no way I'm going to put that shot in my arm if that is a chance of that happening. Well, and, and, you know, if you read, the, 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 like you said, I mean, and I think the problem here, I just wrote this down. We've been numbed to these counter-reactions. Right. Okay? I mean, if you stop, you know, it used to be that, uh, that Mad Magazine years ago used to do, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a farce on, on those kind of things. Right? right. You know, oh, yeah. they would put it in and then they, you know, warning you know, warning your uterus might fall out or, right. you know, or, or, or a sexual organ might fall off or right. whatever. Some, some crazy thing might happen, but we have become literally numbed. I mean, some of these, you know, when they go through and they go, uh, well, one of the is, uh, oh, it might sterilize you and it might cause, you know, major birth defects and, and, it, and it might, you know, Ruin right. your your any offspring you're going to have for the rest of your life. Yep. I hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and 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 when when why 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 are we taking this or or you know killed every lab rat that it was ever given but uh, we're going to try it on you now. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. Um, and why and why would I why would I take that and why would a doctor violate their Hippocratic oath by prescribing that to me. Mm. Uh, that sounds kind of wild. It to does. Me. Um, you know, but you know, when we when we when we bring these things up, I had a dear friend of mine that called me the other day, and he said, you know, I was I had the first shot, and I was doing okay. I had that second shot, and he said, I'm going to tell you, Pastor, I haven't felt the same. I, I it's, it's, something's wrong. Something ain't right. I have, I have, I have, I have been ill ever since. I, I felt like I got the flu every morning when I wake up. I mm. all day long. I feel like I got the flu. Mm. Um, 
you know, I now I gave him some things to, uh, you know, natural things that that doctors that I have had on the program have have suggested. But you know, there was another story, and I wanted it's, I think it's appropriate to bring it in, Matt. Um, Fox did a, a, a story on uh, on a on a young man that uh, passed away, and and they you know they they talk about how sad this is, and you know the last thing that he said is, oh, I wish I'd gotten that vaccine. I should have gotten the the, the hmm. vaccine. Right. Well, I'm saddened about his story because there are natural means to combat this. And they won't let anyone share what they are. Right. Without a doubt. No. And 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 let, let let's let's go to the practical end of this, uh, Pastor Greg, because I think we're feeling like first of all, I feel fairly confident that our schools will probably force our children to wait to wear masks in the fall. I don't know that for sure. But the push is so strong, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, Fredericksburg schools are pretty woke and uh, think they will uh, very likely jump in line with that. I, I, that's just a prediction on my part. Where and when and how do we stand against this? All right. It, that is the biggest thing. Where do we, where does the civil disobedience in a peaceful and righteous manner come into come into play into this and what's it going to take people what's it going to take to get people to do that you know one of the saddest things i've seen about this this whole pandemic is that how willing and quickly americans were were ready to just bend over and take the shot now i know they give it into you in your arm so but where how did that happen? It's very, very sad. And so now we have to start standing up. Well, it's already hard. It's going to make it even harder to stand up because we're already halfway down on our knees. How? Who's going to stand up? How do we stand up? And is it the right thing to stand up against this, Pastor Greg? Well, I, I think in this in this instance that yes, I I, I think we we have a. Uh, you know, uh, uh, a right to stand up and a and a, uh, a a mandate, if you will, especially when it comes to uh, the shutting down of of gathering of churches. Now, I know that in Texas, that uh, supposedly we're not supposed to have that. That's not supposed to happen. Churches aren't supposed to get closed again. I don't know if uh, if that's going to be enforced i know that there are some cities out there like austin uh, like houston uh you know even like dallas that that there's been indication in certain areas that they may uh try to close the churches and sadly we've got pastors and priests and so on that are going along with this and 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 closing their doors and and we've got them talking about, you know, if you don't get vaccines, that means you don't love people and, and, and you don't care about people. Well, um, I, I, you know, personally, I've had two children that have been dramatically impacted by vaccines. Mm -hmm. And so we, we don't, we're, we're not for these kinds of vaccines and injections. And then when I had Dr. Judy Mikovits on and I discovered that, for 50, 60 years now, 
that the use of animals as a place to incubate has caused the vaccine that we're taking into our body to actually mutate and the animal uh, diseases, if you will, break through the barrier of the human DNA and, and cause us issues. Why do we have so many more cases of Alzheimer's? Why do we have so many more cases of dementia? Why is that such a major issue? Why is there so much more Parkinson's disease? Why are there so many of these? These are all autoimmune deficiency diseases. And why are they so prevalent in, in, in baby boomers? Why is that such mm. a problem? Absolutely. 50 years of vaccination. That's the conclusion that Dr. Mikovits has come to. Mm. You know, I, I, the, I, the hearing all of that and using logic and reason and science, you know, those arguments, Pastor Greg, are, they don't seem to be working anymore. Um, we, we give the counter argument and we're, they say, shut up and take the shot. Or you give a counter argument or ask a question and they say, listen, you're just not smart enough. You're not a doctor. I'm a doctor. I'm a scientist. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, do what I say. Shut up and do what I say. And the, the and so when we attempt to argue back with with logic and reason, it's falling on deaf ears, and so I think that's the point where the frustration gets to people, and they just say, I, I'm not going to argue with you anymore. I'm not going to take the shot. I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to put my kids in school and make them wear those masks all day, and that's the point right. I think we're at. Well, and, and unfortunately, critical thinking and common sense have been overcome by, by teaching emotion. Right. And, and, you know, this is why our friend Alice Linehan, as an example, talked against the Common Core and emotional teaching. It's, right. it's been it was preparing us for exactly this. Matt, thanks for being with us today. I know we're running out of time. God bless you there in the Hill Country. Stay strong and stay informed. Bye. I'll be back with more Chosen Generation Radio after this. There we go. Uncle Ted bringing us in. I heard a story this morning that he's stepping down from uh, the National Rifle Association. Um, uh, interesting. He's been a part of that, part of that board for a long time. Maybe we can get him over to GOA, you know, Gun Owners of America. They actually are the only ones who really stood for your rights in the Texas House and uh, in the Texas Senate. And uh, NRA only showed up for the bill signing uh, this past year when it came to that permitless carry. By the way, please don't call it constitutional carry because it's not constitutional carry. It's permitless carry. So um, anyway, let's go back to a little bit about discussions of the law. Enforcement of the law. Here's something we're seeing real interesting happening right now. Laws that are enforced and laws that are not are enforced. And we talked about speeding down uh, friendship Lane and speeding down highway in Fredericksburg. <clears throat> in one of them, you're going to get a ticket. In the other one, you're not. So it, in choosing whether to enforce a law 
Very, very interesting. So we've got all of our our uh, immigration laws, and we have the law of the border. By the way, that's uh, kind of internationally recognized that a country has the right to define its borders and defend them, and then to and then to allow or not allow whoever they want in or out of their country. That is natural. That's just natural. Uh, that comes that that just comes with being a country that you have the right to decide who gets to come in your country and who doesn't that law is not being enforced right now how can i as a citizen force the federal government to enforce that law what can you do i, I mean really as an individual you can't if a dozen of you get together and, and stand around and complain about it, well, that won't get anywhere. A couple of hundred of us got together and are going to these rallies. Two to three hundred people are showing up at these rallies. The federal government is not looking down to Hondo and saying, oh, Lord, have mercy. Look at all those people down there. We, I guess we better go enforce that law, right? So how do you force the enforcers to <laughs> enforce the law, all right? Now, let's flip this on the other side. So we've got uh, Governor Abbott who's saying we're going to send troopers to the border. We're going to send a National Guard to the border to enforce the border of Texas against invasion from a foreign country. All right, so there you go. Abbott's passed that law, or if let, let's just use that in loose, loose terms. He, he, he made that um, uh, a commandment. He made that executive uh, decision or executive order, and it's going to go down there. Now, the federal government is now suing Governor Abbott and the state of Texas for doing that law, for, for uh, making that move. My question is, how does Governor Abbott react to that? All right, how does he react to that? You and I, we know what we want him to do. We want him to go enforce the border and blow off and just not pay any attention to the lawsuit that's happening against the state of Texas. We want him to ignore that law, right? In the same manner that the feds are ignoring the law of our border, the law of ingress, ingress into our country, they're, they're refusing to enforce that, and so... Governor Abbott creates a law, loose term, loose term, creates a an executive uh, order. And uh, so if he goes ahead and just does what he wants to do, if Abbott goes ahead and, and, and activates those troops and gets them down there and puts them to work, and the federal government is saying, no, 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 you can't do that, quick question, how does the federal government enforce that? How do they enforce that? Are, they're, they can't. Uh, well, someone might say, well, you know, they'll take some money away from us. They'll cut off our funds for this or that. But can they enforce it right away? Can they enforce it in the same way that a deputy sheriff can enforce the speeding law on Highway 290? He sees you speeding, he pulls you over and gives you a ticket. Right? That's pretty instant. When it comes to a state standing up to the federal government, nothing happens instantly. So Governor Abbott, what he needs to do <clears throat> is ignore the federal government on this. 
He needs to go about doing what he needs to do to secure the border, whatever it takes. The only enforcement that the federal government has is they can take Governor Abbott, they can take the state of Texas to the uh, to court. That'll take months and months, if not, goodness, if not years. And there may even find a, a judge that would say, well, we're going to have an injunction. We're going to make Governor Abbott stop what he's doing. How do they enforce that? How, how do they? How does an injunction from a judge stop that? Stop the uh, Abbott from going down to the border and taking care and securing our border, folks? An injunction can't stop him. Those are words on a paper. Those are words that come out of the mouth of a judge. All right. And so, how do they enforce that? They can't enforce it. Worst case scenario, the federal government sends troops into the state of Texas to stand off with our Texas National Guard. Can you see them doing that? I can't. I can't at all. And so at this point in time, since we're being invaded, and by the way, good man, I'm telling you, about a week and a half ago, Chip Roy unpacked this entire question and basically said that they don't have any way to enforce this. The federal government cannot stop Governor Abbott. They cannot physically stop those troops from going down there. So it's time for Governor Abbott to take care of the border, disregard what's coming out of Washington, D.C., because it is the right thing to do to protect our citizens from this invasion, from a rising crime rate, and from a unchecked, if they're so concerned about the COVID, see, this is where none of this makes any sense. And these people are coming in unchecked by the thousands now, by the thousands. We need to stand up to this law. Texas needs to stand up to the federal government, take this into their own hands, and behave as a sovereign state in the way we were designed. Folks, um, boy, lots of prayers. You need to be praying for all our leaders. You need to be praying for the activists that are out here standing in your in, in your stead. And uh, maybe you need to think about standing up and joining the activists. It's time. What are you waiting for? Y'all stay tuned. Lorraine will be here in a couple of minutes. We'll see y'all tomorrow.